Hello, I'm Izzy Wells, and you're listening to Taiwan Uncovered, where we look at the creative scene in Taiwan. Today on Taiwan Uncovered, I am bringing you part two of my interview with Cuban artist Humberto Diaz and Taiwanese artist Estelle Lin. Both have been part of a wider exchange between artists and creatives from Cuba and Taiwan, and hopefully you got a chance to listen to last week's episode and learn more about them and their work. If you haven't, I'll just break down what this whole exchange has involved. So the exchange loosely started when Taiwanese writer Huang Chongkai wrote a novel called The Formosa Exchange. Humberto then went on to host both Chongkai and Esther in Cuba. Then Humberto made it to Taipei and he did an installation called Parallel Universes 2023, part of the exhibition Mirroring Now, the Southern Image at Wayne Art. Both Esther and Humberto also featured as speakers in a discussion hosted by Art Gong in Taipei at the end of November called We Both Have a Big Neighbor, The Mirrored Geopolitics of Cuba and Taiwan, which made for very interesting listening. Now I'm going to drop you back right into the conversation where Humberto and Esther answer the question just exactly how mirrored geopolitics is in both of the countries. Let's then briefly talk about the geopolitics, what is shared between Cuba and Taiwan. How is it mirrored, would you say? I think it was a really interesting talk, I need mm-hmm. to say. Hong John plays like many topics. Uh, the idea of the big neighbor, the hate-love relationship that we both share with our neighbors, and also the connection of, in a way, the, the neighbor that is far is helping the island to to the fight or with the closer neighborhood, which are same weather condition, like a size is approximately... I mean, Taiwan is smaller, but has like a double of population of Cuba. I mean, the geopolitics is, is as we were talking, like a, it's like a mirror. It's like, a, of course, Cuba is like a communist, <laughs> a, which is not communist really, a country in this hate love relationship with the states and mm. i guess it's very complex this uh, hate love relationship because the uh, a lot of cubans share the american dream mm. but at the same time there are a lot of cubans that want to keep the independence of cuba mm. but not necessarily this independence need to be communist or socialist just just to to take the decision by ourselves yeah that was interesting when you brought that up in the discussion about the American dream versus mm-hmm. the reality of it. I yeah. feel like that's interesting. And also, actually, I thought with Taiwan, America is put on such a platform. Like, oh, everyone wants to send their kids to, like, American colleges or have an American education or go and work in the US. For me as well, that was an interesting similarity. Mm. What about US then, from a Taiwan perspective, in terms of geopolitically or culturally yeah, um... what Cuba and Taiwan share? I think for me, like in general, like both of our like big neighbors for mm. some like inconvenience to us. So like maybe we kind of share like the same, not the same, but like uh, we are like thinking about the past, about like uh, as a like a small country, what's our future? Yeah, and also I think because like Hua uh, Hongbao said. Like uh, Cuba is like a communist country, right. but Taiwan like maybe share more about the idea of like capitalist mm. during our everyday experience. So for me, this kind of 
swap, I think it's like a experience different different value systems. When yeah. you um went to Cuba, did it strike you as a communist country? For me, yes, because first week, um, battle bring me to a lot of places, and mm. he said, okay, this is private shop, and this is for me, it's that very interesting mm-hmm. idea. Mm. A private shop, as in. Yeah, like like a. I mean, in Cuba, it's mm. a clear difference when you get things from the state. Right. It doesn't okay. matter if it's a restaurant or a shop or whatever, or when it's private, and you can tell the difference. The photos that you took for the state shops with the only one product, yeah, and then when the we were in like in the MIP yeah. mess, it, that you have like many stuff like a capitalist. So you can choose to go to like the state-owned. Shops yeah, it's something very new. It's, I okay. mean, the, with the restaurant, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's no new, like from the, I would say, the 90s, but more in after 2011. But the shops is, is a new thing. It's less than a year. That's why we were so, okay, now you have this <laughs> place that you can go and but because it's not cheap. It's not, it's, the price is really higher um, to compare to the uh, uh, affordable of, of right. uh, local people. But they're people. legal? It's legal. It's oh, totally yeah. legal. To, totally legal. Very interesting. And let's talk more about then all the kind of takeaways from this project. It's been a project over a fairly long period of time. So let's talk more about the kind of art scene and what being an artist is like in both Taiwan and Cuba. So how would you say art is regarded or valued as a field in Cuban society, Humberto? When I was a kid, grow up as an artist or sportman or sport woman or sports people mm-hmm. it was like a I would say like a social class in a way because if you were into the art it doesn't matter if visual art theater whatever music dance whatever that is really different how they treat the rest even the sport independent artists could make their own business sale your art through an international gallery and you need only to pay taxes so mm. that's a law from i don't know so social class is in like a higher social class yeah i, I mean mm. in a way in mm. a way it was really interesting yeah it's very interesting mm. because i know it's opposite in the capitalism you right know? yeah if, if you say <laughs> i want struggling. to be an artist <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. are you crazy be a lawyer be a doctor yeah. So in Cuba, in Cuba, being a doctor is is respectful, but it's not economically viable. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's really high education for for doctors, and they are highly respected. But their salary is is basic if you compare with other opportunity of business no i think in cuba the pyramid of is like reverse in a way that's very interesting yeah so do a lot of people then uh, want to pursue art so yeah or sport because the, mm. the sport then you go to international events you got opportunity to to see the world uh, outside mm. the island you know was the the best you get best chances but i mean when uh, when i started studying I, I i just was a kid who was all the time making drawings and yep. and there were a way that if you got this talent you don't need to pay anything. It's just your teacher say, okay, the one that is drawing all the time, you should go to the school and do the test. I was a kid in primary school, mm. so I went to do the test with, without any lo- knowledge, and I did the test, and I 
enter into the art school I is, is seventh grade so 11 years old and all my education from there to so it was three years in elementary school then four years in a cool. medium level school I don't know in, mm. and then five years in the university so it's, it's a long t- a period of time just studying art and is that funded by the government it's all funded by wow. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you would take, is that specifically an art subject or is if you were studying any subject, the government would pay for it? Yeah, no, all, the, all the education is free in Cuba. Okay. All the education is free. Nice. And if you see the salaries in Cuba is very low compared mm-hmm. with the rest mm-hmm. of the world, very low. I don't want to say here <laughs> and now it's better than previous time, but, mm-hmm. but it's very low. But then you have other things around your life that are covered by the government in general mm, like, like healthcare, healthcare and stuff. education mm. and back to the kind of sports person or artist being a very respected and yeah. valuable profession mm-hmm. um is that because of the government's attitude towards those fields when mm. i was a kid or when like a teenager being an artist and grow as an artist was a very respect thing but now i think in this moment mm. specifically like in 2023 after you know uh, 27 of november like two years ago the artists uh, make a demonstration after it was the old demonstration in cuba after following the next year of that mm-hmm. so artists start becoming like a suspicious element for the government uh. and the image of the artist is changing in in the public presentation mm-hmm. of i mean now it's a dichotomy I will say like a duality when you say I'm, a, I'm an artist. So people don't know how they will treat you as a, against the revolution or it's something new. And it's, it's all because the, the way that the government is, is presenting, uh, because before it was just being an artist was a wow. And now it's a, I will say it's a more complex image yeah. at, at the present day, you know. Very fascinating. Yeah. And Esther, how would you say then, we're back to Taiwan, how would you say society views are as a field? I think like uh, uh, our people in Taiwan, there's like a small group of people mm. and uh, um, people uh, try to bring some like more radical concept mm. to the society through the medium of art. And in terms of it being a profession or pursuing being an artist, what's that like here? You know, we heard about how being an artist in Cuba, like it's almost like quite an elitist mm. job. Yes. What about in Taiwan? Yeah, it's very different. When I in Havana, I think like being an artist is like, you know, like a second life. It will for you like a hope. But like in Taiwan, like you say, it's like more struggling mm. from the social perspective. And like, because I think for in my generation, like most of our family, like children to be as a doctor mm. or as like lawyer. a teacher, a lawyer. Yeah. But like, uh, as I know in Havana, in Cuba, the score to get into like uh, studying, like for example, literature, is more higher than the go to the like uh, medical school. Mm. Yeah, so it's like very different concept and the value is not defined by the capital. And then in terms of the political environment, like domestically, how does that facilitate or restrict your work as an artist? Because I know you've said, so let's start with you, Humberto, I know you've said that it's like a very like valued field, but at the same time, because it's communist, are there certain restrictions or censorship on stuff that you can uh, touch on? Oh. I don't know. I never feel myself any restriction in creativity. 
I think like like I mean I had been in many places and I I know from fact that in every place there are specific restrictions I will say I remember when I was doing the in Liverpool the the artist in residency mm -hmm. I had a lot of performance that I have done naked before going there and they say okay show you art but don't show anything naked <laughs> and don't don't get any idea naked here you know like it was clear that they don't want me or anybody naked uh, for my presentation at the Hope University or the community college in Liverpool because I was a, a student at that moment mm. at, the, at the University of Havana so that that's a restriction you know yeah but but in the other hand I I never feel that restriction in Cuba for example but it's my personal experience but I need to say that for example for artists that has more like a directly imaginary like like using the image of the politics there is a big tradition of art showing that images mm -hmm. but it's always there there were a tendency I will say like in the early 2000s mm -hmm. like uh, 2010 to the present that a lot of artists use the conflict with the authorities as a way to pop up their their creation. Mm. So they do all the ideas were based in get censored. Okay. So the objective of the art it was not to show the art. When I do a piece, I try to follow all the uh, to escape all the gaps to to finally show the art. But mm. it was a, like a new structure that that there were a lot of creation made only to be censored mm -hmm. and it, it's a different approach in, in art everything is is valid but i'm just letting you to mm. maybe to try to give you like an overview of yeah. how the creation system could be but in terms of we don't have any support like like i don't know maybe here like you can apply for the government and they yep. give you money funding, yeah. funding. It's, it's not like that but in the other hand there is other support that is it's really big that if you need like i was explaining i don't know Esther, when i do like a big installation i need like a tower electricity mm -hmm. tower that it will cost twenty seven thousand dollars but through the government through the permission of the government I got it like uh, for almost nothing because with the paper for the culture ministry to the mm -hmm. culture of construction or electricity, they say this is a project, so they support. And, and I got my tower, I put it in the building. Nice. And, and if I want to do this in UK, it will be like yeah, impossible no like, <laughs> no or, or very expensive. I need yeah. a super gallery to make it. So there are these dualities. So mm. I, I want to to put it in perspective to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And what about in Taiwan, Esther? Is there any, would you say, restrictions or, or even like stuff in Taiwan that uh, helps like facilitate being an artist, like government funding or, or things like that? Um, I think now in um, the situation of our thing in Taiwan, like we have enough like spaces for artists to show, and like we are also very lucky, like the government support a lot of like different amount of the fundings or grants mm -hmm. for like a different level of artists. Mm -hmm. But I think there are some like pros and cons. For example, maybe like uh, have a dialogue with like Hambato said, like maybe like in Taiwan we are kind of um, need to think about the value of like uh, what bring you to being an artist because yeah. like the uh, 
experience in Cuba, I found like people have no choice, but you know, being an artist is that kind of like the only way to go abroad or to approach another life. But like in Taiwan, there's like a lot of、uh, resource support by the government and very sufficiently. So yeah, I think it's like a challenge. Like if we have everything, like what's the next step? I think also another part it. Yeah, maybe like the artists from over were like artists have also had like a different jobs,、mm. like they are not the full time artists. Yeah, yeah. So I think this also have like some connection to the like a funding system、mm. as well. So like maybe we could also think about like the sustainability, maybe financial sustainability or value sustainability of like a being an artist or making an art project as、yeah. well is also important. Thank you for listening to Taiwan Uncovered. As always, I'm your host Izzy Wiles. If this conversation has sparked your interest in the collaborative projects between Esther and Humberto and Cuba and Taiwan, the stuff that they've been working on, do go and check out the links that I've popped in the description box below. If you like this episode, do give it a review or a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. They are always welcome. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll have a wonderful weekend. Bye.